it is quite phenomenal that we Jews know our history to the precise date and sometimes even time of the day when things have happened, major events in our history. And not only that, we also know dates of passing of most of people who have been essential in our history. And uh, we know that Aharon, the first Kohen Gadol, uh, the first high priest, he passed away, the Torah tells us, on the first of Av, the Jewish month of Av, which uh, is the fifth month. And on the first day of that month, Aaron passed away. And the Torah is telling us also the, the precise location where he passed away, Hor Hahar. And it is a, actually says, interestingly enough, that uh, the entire Jewish nation was mourning him. About Moses, it doesn't say that. When Moshe passed away, it says that only the men, the learned men, were mourning him. And Aaron, everybody was mourning. And the Torah precisely says why. Aaron and Moses had different roles in their lives. The main idea of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses was that he gave us the Torah. The main attribute of the Torah is the truth. Torah is the truth. The main attribute of Aaron is kindness. Truth and kindness are not always going hand to hand. Truth requires justice, fairness. Very often, according to the truth, according to the justice, the person is supposed to be punished, but you don't punish him because of your kindness. A lot of times you have to pay to a person this and this amount of money because that's what he earned and you pay and you give him a little extra, you give him a tip. Why? Because that's kindness. So kindness and truth are sometimes different. And this is why, by the way, when we pray to God in davening, we ask God for justice and for kindness. Why? Because we are asking God, God, whatever we deserve, we want it. That's justice. But on top of it, we want kindness. <laughs> we want some extra. And because the, the world wouldn't be able to exist with just justice. The world would end up falling apart because we need to have some leeway. We need to give people some leeway. We need to do extra more than just what people deserve precisely. It actually says that first, when God created the world, he created the world only with truth and justice. First, midat hadin, the attribute of justice. That's how God created the world. And he saw this world couldn't exist. The world where people do to each other only what the other person deserves and not an iota more. It's not how we can operate. So Aaron was kindness. Moses was the truth. They both are needed. And the truth probably is more needed because the truth has to precede kindness. You first have to figure out how much the guy really deserves. And then you could figure out if you can be kind to him on top of that. But if you don't know how much he deserves, there's no even talk about kindness. So, so that's why the truth, met has to be preceding kindness. And that's why Moses' role started before Aaron's role started. Moses is the one who took the Jews out of Egypt. That was his main task first. Then he received the Torah at Mount Sinai. And only then Aaron was appointed as a high priest. And as a matter of fact, he was appointed as a high priest only after the sin of golden calf. That's when he started his service of working in a temple because Jews needed an atonement. If Jews would not mess up then, maybe we could have just continued floating just with the truth of justice. But because we messed up, we need it now. Kindness, not only justice. So Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, his idea was the truth. And that's why he was also a judge. He was judge in courts. Originally, he was the only judge. And then he appointed judges 
under him magistrate judge, uh, judges and only uh, the thing that they couldn't decide themselves or if there was an appeal then that went to Moshe so he was the supreme court everybody else uh, was first going to all regular matters were first addressed by lower level judges so Moshe Rabbeinu was the head of the judicial branch of government I've got news for you when two people walk into a, a courtroom and present their cases to a judge one of them is going to walk out dissatisfied. That's how it usually goes. It is interesting, Tzamech Tzedek, the third Lubavitch Rebbe pointed out, by the way, Tzamech Tzedek himself was the judge of Lubavitch Rabbinic Court. He was the only one from Chabad Rebbe's who was both Rebbe and also the rabbi, the judge of the Jewish court of the, of the community. Everybody else, they had, like, they were Rebbe's, they were spiritual leaders, but they had somebody else who would be doing all of the legal stuff. So Tzamech Tzedek used to say that if a person comes to him, let's say uh, a family, they bought a cow and they slaughtered it and they're opening it up and they see that there's a, that might be a problem. The cow might not be, not be kosher because you know, if let's say cow was sick, if something was wrong or the most common thing would be, let's say punctured lung. So, so it's not kosher. So, but you don't know if, it has a punctured lung until till you kill it. Sure. So they, they kill it, they open it up, and it might be not kosher. And there's a question. So they bring it to the rabbi. And the rabbi looks at it, and sometimes the rabbi has to say that the, that the cow is not kosher. To tell a family that purchased a cow that, that it's not kosher is a, big, is a big hit. It's a big financial loss. Cows cost a lot of money. But sometimes rabbis have to say it. So, so sorry, the cow is not kosher. Tzemach Tedek says that, you know what, when people come to him and they hear that their cow that they purchased and, and slaughtered is not kosher, nobody's happy to hear it. People are sad, but he says nobody ever puts up a fight. Nobody ever puts up a fight. Oh, sorry, okay, it's not kosher. What am I supposed to do? Now, if two businessmen are coming to him and they have a business argument about the, the same amount of money as much the cow costs, and the rabbi says that one of them is right, the second guy will always put up the fight. The second guy will, 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 will always put up a fight says, why is this? It's not about money. It's not about money. It's about letting the other guy have it. It's about having the other guy win. The money itself doesn't bother people so much. So this was Moses' role, Moshe Rabbeinu's role, to be in charge of ruling who is right, who is wrong. And guess what? He made uh, probably quite a few people upset during his lifetime. Probably quite a few people were not happy with, the, with his rulings. And plus... Even without that, let's say somebody who never went to him with any judicial questions. Moshe is truth. The truth is not always appreciated. People very often cannot handle the, uh, the truth. There's a mother that once spoke to me a long, long time ago. And she says she has a suspicion that her son might be doing some things that she's not very happy with in his room when he's alone. So should she go into his room when he's not there and, and make a little search over there, find, uh, look around, find if she, you know, see if she'll find something uh, suspicious. She's asking me, should she do it or not? She obviously, her question was about privacy of her son, trust, uh, this, whatever, all of these things. But I said, before we get there, if you do find something which you, which you will not be happy with, what are you gonna do? She's like, oh, I don't know, I have no clue. And she becomes, and she is losing herself. I'm like, you know what, if that's the case, don't. <laughs> it's not going to help anyone. So uh, people, not always people can handle the truth. And then not everybody can appreciate the truth. 
if Torah is a scholarly book, and if somebody is not gifted with a mind that can appreciate depth of thinking, he will not appreciate the Torah. This is Moses. This is why men who were learning the Torah, who dedicated themselves to this study, they were mourning when Moses passed away. Everybody else, maybe they were sad, but they weren't in mourning. Now, what about Aaron, who passed away on the first of Av? Aaron is a different story. Aaron was the first marriage counselor in the Jewish history. Aaron was a person who was bringing peace to the world. He was bringing peace between people, between family members, peace between business partners. If Moses saw two business partners who were arguing, he would say who is right and who is wrong. If Aaron saw two business partners who were arguing, he was not preoccupied with figuring out who is right, who is wrong. He was preoccupied with figuring out how can we make peace between them and move forward. And you know what? And the suggestion that he perhaps would give would not be what Moses would suggest. Because Moses could have probably said, you are right, you are wrong. Move on with your life. Both approaches are correct and both roles are important. They just have different roles. The Torah tells us that one of the methods how Aaron was accomplishing this is very interesting. The husband and the wife, they got in a fight. He would go to the husband and he would say, you know what, I spoke to your wife. She feels so bad about what she said. She feels terrible. But she doesn't feel comfortable coming to you because she thinks you will reject her. So could you please go to her first? Then he would go to the wife and he would say the same thing. You know what, I spoke to your husband. He feels so terrible about what he did. But he doesn't feel comfortable talking to you because he's fearful of you rejecting him. Could you please make up with him first, you make the first step. But I've got news for you. Was Aaron saying the entire truth the way it is? No. He, in order to do this, he had to bend the truth. And the Torah is telling us that you are allowed to do it. For peace, to accomplish peace, you're allowed to bend the truth. So, now, would Moses do it? No. If Moses would see husband and wife fighting, he would probably come here, elbow them, and say, who's right, who's wrong? Aaron was not preoccupied with this. He wasn't thinking who was right, who was wrong. He was thinking, how can they make up and continue living together? Now we understand also why to bless the Jewish nation is this mission. The mission of blessing the Jewish nation is given to Kohanim, to Aaron and his descendants. It says that anybody could bless anyone. The Torah says that a blessing of a regular person should be valued by you as well. That's what, the, that's what the Torah says. You should value a blessing of a regular person. The Torah says yeah, we Jews should value the blessings that non-Jews give us. Anybody, anybody can bless anybody sh and everybody should be blessing other people. But there's a blessing and then there's a blessing. Not all blessings are created equal. And there are many factors in the strength of, of the blessing. There are many factors that are going into making a blessing more powerful or less powerful. Obviously, the, the virtue of the person who's giving the blessing and his spiritual powers are a big part of it. But another big part of it is the sincerity with which you give this blessing. This is why we have a custom of parents blessing the children. Why? Because we are convinced, we are sure that whenever parents give blessings to their children, they are very sincere. Every parent wants his child to be growing up good and happy and uh, healthy person. So when a parent tells his child, I want you to be healthy, they really mean it. When a Jewish 
parent tells his child, I want you to go to go to Harvard, they really mean it. So this is why. And now, besides for your own family, besides for your own parents, maybe close friends, who else could you count on being sincere in their blessing? So the Torah is telling us that Kol Hanim, starting with Aharon, are kind people. Generally, the, the nature of Kohanim is kindness. We see it from starting from Aaron. He was a kind person. And this is why they can bless people because they are kind to them. As a matter of fact, the, the Torah says that if a Kohen is angry at someone in the community that he's supposed to be blessing uh, during services on a, on a holiday, he is not allowed to, to say the blessing. He cannot bless people he's angry at. It's not going to be a sincere blessing. This is a unique trait of Aharon, and this is why kindness is so valued in the Jewish tradition. We always speak about being kind. What does being kind mean? Being kind means doing more than what a person is deserving. And when the world is doing in Mishnah, there's an interesting saying. Somebody who says, whatever is mine is mine, whatever is yours is also mine, is a wicked person. Somebody who says whatever is yours is yours and whatever is mine is also yours, he is a silly person, he is a naive person. You can't live like this. Somebody who says whatever is mine is mine, whatever is yours is yours, says an interesting thing. It says this is a intermediary person. This is one opinion. Another opinion says this person is just like the people of Sodom. Sodom was known to be a very bad evil city. And it's known that in Sodom, people were not allowed to give charity to others. People were not allowed to help others. I, whatever I earn, that's what I have. Whatever you earn, that's what you have. And uh, if you are asking me for help, it means you are like a leech. So that's why in Sodom, people were not allowed to help each other. We're not allowed to give charity to each other. It says that the city of Sodom has punished somebody for giving uh, a little bit of salt. A woman gave a little bit of salt to her neighbor because uh, a, this neighbor ran out of salt and came uh, asking to borrow a little bit of salt for her supper. And uh, the city of Sodom punished her because you're not allowed to do that. You're helping others. So if I'm saying whatever is mine is mine, whatever is yours is yours, it's like Sodom. There's an interesting story. Rabbi Levitzchak of Berdichev was a famous Hasidic rabbi. And he was also the rabbi of the town of Berdichev. Just FYI, in 1900, when there was the first census in uh, the Russian Empire, uh, the city of Berdichev had second largest Jewish community in Russian Empire after Odessa. Uh, so this was a city back then, as people assume it was, it had around 50,000 people, which were probably all Jewish. So uh, Rabbi Levitzchak became the rabbi of this huge community. Now, I probably don't need to say that a rabbi of such a big community is very busy. And they had a community organization over there which is in charge, like a committee which was running all the communal affairs. And they had their meetings. And they always had their meeting about something new. And as the rabbi of the town, he had to be at these meetings. And he just couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. There were just too many meetings. So he said, listen, if, if you're about to enact like a new law, a new rule, then you call me. Otherwise, all these little things I don't want to sit through. Fine. Now there was a, a new problem that came to their, their community's committee. The problem was that it was a large Jewish city, and that's why many fundraisers would come there from smaller towns to raise money. And people would be 
always bothered by people who are knocking on their doors, asking for money, knocking on their doors, asking for money. He said it's people were getting annoyed. So they decided to make a rule that all the people in the community are going to be donating to a special fund, and all of those who are in need will be coming, taking money from this fund, and the people will not be bothered individually. They wanted to make this new rule for their city, and now they have to call Rabbi Levitzchak because this is going to be the, the meeting when they're going to be discussing this new rule. So we are calling in Rabbi Levitzchak, and they tell him what is on the agenda, and he says, one second, please, I asked you to call me only when you're going to be making new rules. Don't? They're saying, no, no. This is a new rule that we, are wanna, uh, that we want to enact. He says, it's not a new rule. It's an old rule. He says, what do you mean it's an old rule? This rule already existed in Saddam because it takes away an opportunity from a person to be kind, to be actually giving something to someone else, not just paying your taxes to, uh, to some charity box.